Lucrative Super has been a proud partner of the PFA since 2009 and offers PFA members the opportunity for one-on-one consultation and advice on your super at no additional cost. With Lucrative Super, you're a part of an industry super fund that's been providing solid, long-term returns and excellent service for the past 40 years. We care about giving back to our community. Lucrative Super, working for a better future. It's a pleasure to have Stefan Mork, the new Adelaide United captain with me on the Footballer's Voice. Stefan, thanks for jumping on, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. Mate, uh, as I just said, you're the new skip of the Reds. Um, I saw an article, I think it was even yesterday. Um, You seem very, very excited. But the one thing I pointed out, and I said it to you off air, you didn't expect it, mate. What was that all about? Yeah, I guess it's not something that I uh, that I set out to achieve. So I, I wasn't expecting it. At the same time, I I, I love the responsibility of being a leader, and, and I think I I try to do everything um, to influence the team to to become to become better um, through myself, uh, what I do, but also by helping other people out. So it's not saying that I didn't want it. Um, I definitely did want it, but I, yeah, I didn't expect it. Yeah, well, it's 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 unreal for someone who's twenty five. I think you're actually the youngest uh, Adelaide United skipper, and I believe five of the ten. You're the tenth. Uh, five of the ten are, are South Australians, so no doubt the South Australian link, the local boy link, uh, would have worked in your favour. But the great thing is you're backed up by Jordan Elsie uh, and Ben Halloran in a three man leadership group. So just be, must be great as well to just have their support um, and be able to throw a few ideas around and um, ensure that your leadership as a trio is really strong for the upcoming season. Yeah, 100%. I think Jordan Elsie has been at the club a long time and he is a great leader in his own way. And Ben, Ben's an older player, he's played overseas, been in the Socceroos and I think having us three, obviously they've um, spoke to Michael Jakobsen, who was the captain last year, and, and it doesn't mean that he's not going to be leading because he, he is a natural leader in the way he trains and uh, he's great for the group. But I think they just wanted to go in a different direction and uh, try and engage with the community a lot more and, and have expectations on the leaders to to do more outside, to, to grow the game, which is something that's needed to be done. And they, yeah, they, they obviously chose us three because we felt we were a, a good fit for that. So yeah, we're, we're all really excited and I'm happy that they've, um, yeah, they've chosen me and I've got Ben and, and Elsie by my side. And COVID just before we get stuck into a business venture that you've, I think you launched it almost two months ago now and it's, it's going really well, which is great to hear. Um, what have you learned from COVID? It's been a great time for reflection. I know for myself personally, it's been good that I've been able to do a few things around the house that I maybe put off for, for too long. Um, so lockdown was good from that perspective. I'm certainly uh, in the good books with my wife at the moment, Stefan, which is great. Um, but also talking seriously to it, I've really enjoyed the idea of just resetting um, and giving and maybe setting myself a few goals for, for 2020 and adapting to the environment and a bit of work got taken away from, from, from me and our little production company. But we thought, you know what, let's do something about that. Let's try and turn what is a pretty tumultuous period for everyone into a, into a positive. Um, so I've kind of enjoyed it from that respect, but of course we've seen some other industries really suffer. So what about you as a footballer um, having the season delayed, postponed, not knowing if we're going to uh, have a recommencement of the season um, and then coming out the other end and preparing for a new season? Um, 
what have you learned from it in a positive sense? Yeah, I think you touched on quite a lot of things, and um, I guess it has been a uh, a roller coaster of emotions. Um, we've yeah, we went through the first bit where I think everyone was pretty scared and, and anxious, not knowing what was going to happen with the season, um, and then. I went into the stage where I went back up to Queensland with my with my girlfriend or now fiance, um, and yeah, I guess that's probably where, similar to yourself, I went through a bit more of a self discovery type of journey and something I've always been really interested in, just reading books and and making sure I uh, I set out, I guess, a good routine for myself because that was one thing I noticed when I had a good routine in the morning. I got a lot more done and um, I set myself a few goals for that time and, and we were training with a group of players up there and it made me realise that I, I love football. Um, I've always been someone that's watched it, um, enjoyed it, football was my life and I guess it just made me think that, you know, I, I'm Stefan Mork, the, the person, not Stefan Mork, the footballer because I'm not a professional footballer for a few months, um, which is the longest time when I wasn't. Um, but it doesn't mean that I can't be a happy person. And uh, I think that's something which is a blessing in disguise that I, I went through and we all went through um, during our careers rather than when we finish. Um, and that led me on to, uh, I guess, my, my latest venture and um, having something outside of football because my my purpose isn't to be a footballer. Um, you know, my purpose is something separate and, and by playing football, I can hopefully um, achieve my purpose. Uh, and that was then I understood what I needed to do to feel good about myself. And, and that was obviously creating this venture on the side and, and having football as something which is a, a great thing and something that I love to do. I won't steal your thunder, but it's called the Inner Game Journal. Uh, I personally love it because I love writing down my thoughts and I love goal setting and I'm very big on mental health. But as I said, I'll, the floor is yours. You can give us the elevator pitch and uh, tell everyone what it's all about. Yeah, so you touched on it. So the Inner Game Journals, and that was probably the hardest thing was coming up with the name of it. Um, and I'm really happy with the the one I, I settled on in the end. But it was something that probably in the last three or four years I'd started to um, – go into that self, self-development self phase. And I had a bit of a tough year in Holland when I went overseas. And then my next year at Melbourne City, uh, I struggled a fair bit with the mental side of things. And it was at that point I met a uh, sports psych a few years later in, in Jackie Lauder, who um, who got me to, I guess, reflect on my performances and, and I guess simplified things into what what was my best game or what was my best performance? How did I feel? What did I actually need to do to, um, to play well? And it was something that was so simple as to, I guess, you know, start marking myself at the end of every session out of certain criteria skill wise. Um, but then mental preparation and all those basic things that, uh, I think every athlete really should do, but I'd never been taught that before. And, started doing it, understanding, all right, set a goal for the session. Normally we'll set long-term goals. Um, you know, I want to play for Arsenal, I want to be in the Socceroos, all these all these uh, crazy goals. But, you know, you don't then focus on the day-to-day stuff. And I started doing that and I actually felt really good after every session. And um, and then I understood what I needed to actually do well at during the session to feel good. Um, and if I did miss one pass, where in the, in the previous seasons I would get really upset and that's all I'd focus on. I'd then actually start to assess it after the session and be like, well, I made 50 good passes. I made one bad pass. So why am I, why am I getting caught up on this bad pass? But that's just obviously the way the our brains are wired. And, um, 
I was my own worst enemy and um, that in a game, uh, obviously he was, uh, I wasn't in control of. Um, and that's something I, I wasn't sure if it was just me going through that. But after, I guess, developing a, a better version of it, not the one that I was doing in an A4 big folder, um, yeah. I showed a few of the boys in the team and, and they really liked it. And that's where I, in the hub in Sydney, I started to develop a, a proper journal and try and make it look good on the eye. Um, because that's obviously a big thing. People want to want it to look good, and um, I wanted to create a product where females, males could take it to a cafe as we do as athletes, and um, sit down and journal away, and um, you know, it looked good as well. I was going to say it is a very nicely designed journal, and I had a look at some of the goal setting um, columns and the way that you've kind of broken it out. It's very hard to explain in an audio podcast, <laughs> Stefan, but um, structure. Were you the one that came up with, you know, the whole structure of the way that the journal worked? Did you have a bit of uh, help from a few other people? Um, how did, I guess, it all come about from you had the concept, uh, you had the passion and the desire to get it off the ground, and then how did it progress from there? Did you kind of put the structure together and then palm it off to a designer? How did that all work? Yeah, so I I had a rough idea of exactly what I wanted in the journal through um, the Resilience Project. We had them. Um, Hugh came out and spoke to us, so I understood the the importance behind the gratitude. Um, then I had, I guess, the general goal setting stuff, which I think is important for an athlete. And then through just reading, I guess, different books and listening to podcasts along the way, I kind of, um, I guess, understood or, or what I thought or what I do understand for myself anyway what I needed to kind of have on there. So it ticks every single box um, to be a high performer, I guess. And, and different athletes could use all of it or you could use none of it, but I wanted it to have everything possibly in there that you could want. Um, and I drew that up in a book um, while we we're in Sydney and just through going through Pinterest, actually seeing other journals out there and how they'd set it out. It was, I guess, nice. trying to fit everything, um, everything on a page, which was a challenge. And, um, my, my best mate, Ben Grucher, his girlfriend, um, is a, a wizard on the computer with the graphic design stuff. And she, she did everything for me, um, on InDesign and something that I tried to do uh, a few things she told me to on there. And I've got no idea how, how she's done that <laughs> yeah. because I can't even change a word on there. Um, but yeah, so I was really lucky to have her, which saved me a lot of money and, um, a lot of time because she was, she was really good on that. And um, then I had the end product and then it was about finding a supplier and getting the samples done and all these other steps, which I'm sure you've gone through with being a bit of an entrepreneur yourself, these things you don't even think of. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden you got to make it come to life and there's all these other steps and a lot of, a lot of stress, but good stress of, of the unknown. Um, and now to finally launch and, and to receive the, the positive feedback I've got from athletes of, um, different sports and it's a uh, it's been unbelievable to I guess to see that I think every athlete goes through the exact same thing we just aren't open to um to talk about it or some of us don't know where to look um to find the answers yeah definitely and one major thing with football and just sport in general is stress and anxiety and playing under pressure uh the pressure of uh not only being in game the pressure that is that surrounds footballers and athletes um, with the media, all the chatter outside, all those influences. God, I honestly, for some of the kids growing up in this age, uh, there are so many different variables that they have to deal with on a daily basis, let alone 
just rocking up on match day and trying to perf- trying to perform in in front of tens of thousands of of supporters. So, how important is it just speaking more to just the younger kids coming through that? I don't know, they put aside a little bit of time, Stefan, rather than the temptations of, you know, sitting on Instagram and scrolling through the feed incessantly and maybe playing too much FIFA. How important do you think it is for maybe someone in their teens, early 20s, an athlete, just to put aside a bit of time every day, just to do a bit of goal setting, uh, just to pen their journal? Um, I know you said before previously in, in, in some media around the inner game journal that you probably didn't take that seriously enough at that age. So what have you learned from that experience that you can perhaps pass down to someone that's coming through the ranks now? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's something I wish I could go back to when I was 15, 16 years old and, and start to do this because you, you go through, I guess, ups and downs as a, as a professional athlete or, or as an athlete coming through and, I guess you just want to find clues along the way as to why why you're playing well sometimes, why you're not. It could be something basic like you're on your phone too much, so you're not sleeping well or you're not eating the right foods or you're focusing on all the negative comments or you're focusing on everything outside of football. There's there's so many little things, but I think it's um, it's such an important thing to, I guess, just to journal in that sense that you kind of start to understand what works for you and it, and it doesn't mean you're going to always play well, but you can actually get to the bottom of why you've played well and why you haven't. And, and sometimes you'd walk off the field and, and I'm uh, a big culprit of it of, you know, you had a, a bad pass or you missed one shot in the game and that's all you focus on. And that's kind of where you can start to to lose your confidence because you think you had a bad game when you had one bad pass or one missed shot. And if you don't kind of um, stop that bad trend of negative thoughts right there and then, then, then that just continues on. And I guess it goes the other way as well. When you go on really positive, sometimes you, you stop doing the things that got you into that position where if you can kind of check in every day and, and spend 10 minutes, I do, I wake up, have the same routine every morning. And um, journaling is, is a small thing that I do. It takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes um, to do in the morning, set some goals out for the day, figure out what I'm grateful for. And, and then after the session, I'll sit in the car and, um, and go through it. And, and then lastly, at the end of the night, I think it's a great way to, to go to bed and, and any last thoughts that you've got of the day or anything you want to put down. Um, it just allows you to, to then plan out your next day, but just kind of have a recap of the day and, and to understand what's working and, and what's not working because we tend to bottle things up. Um, especially as athletes, you have a lot of external pressure and, and stuff where if you don't kind of, understand that it can I guess take people to the point of of not wanting to play the game anymore and and that's the worst thing that you want uh, Mm. as an athlete because it's something that you grew up loving doing yeah and unfortunately we saw that recently with uh Josh Hope at uh, Melbourne Victory um retiring from the game due to some of those external pressures and social media at the age of 22 so we certainly don't want those scenarios happening happening again and if this is a solution that can maybe help someone that's in that predicament like he was, um, then this is a great product. And the other thing is it's backed up by a lot of science and studies as well, Stefan. So, um, you know, over time we've consistently seen, even myself at university, even at school, um, a few teachers or mentors or lecturers, you name it, like this isn't, you're not reinventing the wheel, but you're putting your own take on it. And you're taking your learnings, as you said earlier, from different podcasts, studies you've read, books you've read, um, and just amalgamating it into what has worked well for you. So 
I think it's tremendous. And I think the other thing that I love about this is, and it's something that the PFA are constantly talking about, is having something outside of football is so important. Um, seen it too many times, uh, the transition uh, of coming out of the game, Stefan, um, a lot of athletes feeling lost. Um, I even hark back to an episode of SAS that I watched with, with my wife and Mitchell Johnson was, um, you know, he was in tears talking about how he didn't have any purpose after his cricketing career um, because perhaps he didn't work on um, a few things outside of outside of cricket that would have allowed him to have an easier transition per se and give him a little bit more purpose um, after his sporting career. So I think just separately looking at the way that you've built something and something that you hope can grow into, um, who knows, something that's, you know, quite substantial means that you've also set yourself up nice, nicely and you're a good example of why it's so important for, for footballers and athletes in general uh, just to look at having other things in their life outside of football. Yeah, exactly. I guess I'll answer that in, in two parts. So firstly, I guess the, the purpose side of things, I think that's something that probably in this last 12 months, six to 12 months, probably at the start of COVID that I really looked into and I read a book called High Performance Habits um, by Brendan Burchard. And he talked about, I guess, defining, I guess, you know, probably more in companies as well. And and their purpose and their mission statements. And I think every single person needs to actually understand themselves. And, and it's the hardest thing to do because it's, uh, it's, it's not easy to sit there and stare, stare at a wall or stare into the mirror and, and actually find out what it is you want to be. Um, but I think that's the first step and, and it changes along the way. And, and for myself, when I was 18, my purpose would have been completely different to what it is now. And I didn't really ever think about it back then. I, my purpose, like I spoke about before, was was to be a professional footballer. So if I had a bad game, I was nothing. Um, and as harsh as that is, I think a lot of players feel that same way. And and that's why you you can't you can't define yourself as a footballer. Um, you know, I'm a person that plays football, and and I love to play football, and and I always give my best, but I can't always play my best game. Um, and fans, I guess they, they want the team to win. I'm a fan as well of teams and I get angry when we lose, but I think as the, as the person, you have to understand that you, you need to have an understanding of who you want to be. And, and what well, I guess that's why I've got it in, in the journal, the first bit, which is your, your vision board. And then you go into your purpose and, and understand what, what you want to be as a purpose, your vision of what you want to see yourself in the future. Um, and then your values, which is so important, which kind of helps you define your purpose and your um, your vision. And if you can kind of figure those three things out, I think it really it helps your performance because now I know every time when I go onto the field what I want to be. You know, obviously I'm a, I'm a midfielder and I'm a, I'm a player that wants to score goals, but what is it that actually, I guess, you know, is going to make me happy with my own performance? Um, and now I understand what I need to do. It makes it a lot easier to do that. Um, and to the second part of that, which you spoke about with the, the PFA stuff, they, they speak about having something outside of sport. And, and if you told me at 17, um, which the PFA did tell us, um, probably at 16, 15, when we were at the AS to have something, I wasn't someone that focused on school. I wasn't someone that studied anything else. I was someone that, you know, was solely like, well, I want to be a footballer so I can only focus on one thing. Mm. Um, and I think that's, uh, it's not the, the best way to look at it, but I do think every player needs to go through their own journey. And, and I needed to understand that it, it isn't the end of the world if I'm not a footballer, but at the same time, you have to commit to something um, and go through these challenges and, and good years and bad years. And, and now I understand the importance because I've been doing this for 
for probably just over four months. Um, the business has been actually running for, for two months, but you know, the four or five months prior to that, I was obviously working on it. And I feel so excited to go to the training ground. I give my all, do everything that I was doing before. But now once I finish, I've actually got something else that I'm passionate about and um, I can work on that and not get caught up in, in a bad thing that's happened at training or, or whatever it is. And, and all of those studies and all of the stuff that the PFA has been preaching about for so long, you know, it's obviously not false. Um, it's so true. And I can be the yeah. biggest one to, um, to get behind that and to say to people, you still need to be an 18 year old and, and play video games and go and play coffee, uh, go and play cards when you're having a coffee, which I love to do. Um, and I still love to do, but you know, you need to go on that journey of, of doing that stuff. And then you also need to think, well, what, what is it that's going to make me, a better person and continuing to, to learn and, and evolve as a, as a human being is a, is a positive thing for your, your own performance on the field, but also um, for yourself off the field. Very well said. I think you just reinforced why you're the skipper now um, <laughs> and why they've gone with someone who still, you've got to admit, 25, you're still a bit of a spring chicken. You haven't hit your best years <laughs> yet, I wouldn't have thought. And uh, that uh, goal of playing for Arsenal, why not? Put, put those big, yeah. crazy, ambitious ideas in there, as a lot of people say. And, you know, if you, strive, if you strive for the stars, you know, you might hit the ceiling or, you know, if you're striving to hit the ceiling, you'll stay on the floor. So all those analogies ring true. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, there's probably never been a more important time from a mental health perspective for people to open up a little bit more. Um, and even personally with myself and a bit, bit of an internaliser, Stefan, I like to let things fester uh, without actually dealing with them. Um, so I think for me personally, actually just speaking or jotting these things down and, and getting them off my chest, um, probably more advisable um, for someone like myself. And there's a lot of people out there that are fearful of uh, maybe jotting a few things down um, just through sh- you know the sheer notion of fear. Um, unfortunately, a lot of humans are programmed that way. So I think what you're doing is – Wonderful. And it's great to hear that it's been well received. And before I let you go, mate, I think you have to give it a bit of a plug because no doubt there'll be a few people listening and hopefully a few of the, uh, the A-League players listening through the PFA channels that uh, might uh, purchase your journal. So uh, hit, us up, hit us up with the details. How do they uh, get in touch and how do they uh, get their hands on a journal? Yeah, so I guess any of the PFA members, um, what I spoke to the PFA about is offering everyone 25% discount. So hopefully the PFA will um, send that code out to everyone. Um, But you can head online and it's www.theinnergamejournals.com. That's the easiest or go on to my personal Instagram and it's all all over that Um, or the Inner Game Journal Instagram. So yeah, it's something that I think every player um, may help you 1%, 2%, but it's something that's worth investing in. you know, people people happily spend five dollars a day on on a coffee, and I think this equates to fifty cents or seventy cents a day or something like that. So it's a pretty pretty cheap thing to, I guess, to check in with yourself and, like you spoke about, you know, to uh, to help with your mental health. And it's a, a great tool for the the everyday person that wants to be, I guess, the best they can be, and a fitness enthusiast as well. So I've tried to create it in the way that it can help any athlete of any sport or or just a, the average any day person that that cares as well. And just a really quick one, be remiss of me just for some of the Reds fans that will listen to this. Uh, how excited are you for the start of the season and how's the squad shaping up and how are you feeling about your prospects leading in? 
Yes, yeah, um, going along really well. Uh, I think we're we're heading, we are heading to Sydney this Monday to play a couple of A League games, which is probably the one thing we've been lacking. COVID hasn't helped with that, um, so we need to get those games in just to see where we're at. But we're we're t- ticking along nicely, and we've just made some really good signings in Tommy Urich and yeah, um, and Javi, um, the Spaniard. So he's obviously, or both of them are arriving. I think in the next couple of weeks into Adelaide, they've got a quarantine, I believe, in Perth. So that's another another challenge. But they're they're both been fit and training, and uh, they're going to be great additions to the squad. And I believe we've got a squad capable of winning winning the league this year and, and being champions. And I think the, our biggest strength is going to be the camaraderie and, and the way we are as a team. And it's something that the clubs tried to do and bring a lot of South Australians in. And uh, it's a great, great time for every South Australian to get behind the club because the whole, the whole motto is, um, you know, it's, I guess, for, from South Australia, for South Australia. And um, got so many local grown players that it's a, it's a great time to get behind the club. Beautiful, mate. Well, you're doing great things off the field. Uh, great little venture. Absolutely love it. Lot to learn, lot to gain from it. And all the best for the season. Uh, I know it's been a trying 2020, but hopefully the A-League and, and yourself and everyone involved can put a smile on people's faces again and people can get out to the games and really, you know, savour it and not take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait to see all the fans out there.